Hey there, my name is Nathan Agin. This is the Working Actors Journey, bringing you in-depth conversations with actors that have been working professionally for decades. Today we have a text work session with Jeannie Sakata from episode number 22. Previous sessions of text work include Shakespeare, Pinter, Stoppard, and newer works. And if you enjoy this text work session, I highly encourage you to check out the full episode with the guest as it is packed with so much more on life as a working actor. In this episode, Jeannie discusses a monologue she worked on from the TV show Threat Matrix. She plays a Cambodian woman who recounts her experiences of escaping the Khmer Rouge. Now, I've visited Cambodia and seen firsthand some of the atrocities that happened there. Just horrific, as we talk about. You'll hear Jeannie discuss how a book she had read two years earlier helped her initially with the audition, and then again once she booked the part. How she ended up finding a sense of ease with the text. And the challenges of learning a Cambodian dialect, and how she felt insecure about it. Plus, we talk about working on monologues that are stories set in the past versus things that are happening right now. It's a great session, and it was really wonderful to hear Jeannie's process of connecting to this material. So here we go with Jeannie in Threat Matrix. Please enjoy the text work. Okay, so now, and I know you were willing to talk about uh, one of the shows you did called Threat Matrix, where you played this uh, Cambodian character. And what I'll do is I'll uh, I'll post the text, you know, the excerpt of dialogue that you sent me, um, so people can kind of follow along or have some context. But um, oh, this great. This was a um, well. I mean, you can tell me a little bit more about the character, but you know, since she was. Cambodian. I was curious what kind of research went into you playing someone from Cambodia. You know, you talked a bit about, you know, doing red and all the research you did for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll just kind of start there and like how much, how much research was done for the audition. And then, you know, once you had the job, was there any additional research you were doing? Oh my God. This was, you know, in television, sometimes you're cast. And you have to shoot just a few days later. Right. So I virtually had done no research on Cambodia other than what was referred to in the monologue. But okay, yep. Um, luckily for me, a couple years earlier, I had read Dr. Hang Yor's autobiography called A Cambodian Odyssey. I was good friends with a man named Jack Ong who recently passed away. And Jack Ong became very good friends with Dr. Hang Yor. And I forget if they did a project together, but of course, Dr. Hang Yor went through the Cambodian Holocaust. He escaped the Khmer Rouge and made it to um, a Thai refugee camp, I believe, and then to Los Angeles. And he worked and lived in Chinatown for a number of years and was tragically shot in Los Angeles' Chinatown. But... He had written an autobiography, and my friend Jack was head of his foundation for many years. And I read Dr. Hengyur's autobiography, which was horrific because it describes in great detail the Cambodian Holocaust. 
So when this audition came up, even though I did not have time to do any further research other than what was referred to in the monologues, I did have that book still. I pulled it off the shelf. And so when I got the job, uh, I buried myself in that book for the next few days until shooting started. Yeah. Uh, but I also had to try and learn a scene in Khmer, which is the uh, Cambodian dialect. Right. It's yeah. called, it's spelled K-H-M-E-R, but I, as I recall, the pronunciation is Khmer. And they provided a dialect coach for me to come visit me at my home and work with me for a couple of days. But it's a very difficult language to speak if you've never spoken it before. The vowel sounds are very different from any language I've studied before. And I could not wrap my tongue around it. And I apologized to my coach. And I said, I'm going to ask if they can find a Cambodian woman uh, that can dub my voice in the scene because I don't want to embarrass the Cambodian community. <laughs> but they couldn't find anyone. It's It was rare at the time to mm. find Cambodian actresses. And they really did need an actress to do this scene. Of there's course, a, you yeah. know, a lot of uh, intensely emotional delivery of certain lines. And so, uh, Poon was my uh, Cambodian dialect coach. And Poon said, you know, if I can just understand you, I'll be happy. I know you'll have an American <laughs> accent, but if I can just understand you, I'll be happy. So we worked very hard and I guess I did okay. Although I think they sped me up in the editing room, so I would sound oh, more fluent. Okay. <laughs> um, but she was a character. It was a very sad story because, like Dr. Hanyor, this character had escaped the um, the Khmer Rouge to make it safely to the United States. But in this particular episode, her American-born son, who has never known any other home because of his high school involvement with a Cambodian gang, gets very suddenly deported back to Cambodia. Mm. And he is endangered there because of some political entanglements and has to go hide in the jungle. And he's hiding in a hut that actually my character remembers very specifically from my own days trying to escape the Khmer Rouge. And so when the homeland, the United States Homeland Security team in this TV show, Threat Matrix, comes to me wanting to locate my son in this hut. I am giving them my memories of how to get there. Right. Wow. So there are agents who are physically in Cambodia trying to find their way to this particular hut. And I am in my Los Angeles home with another agent who is on radio right. with them, instructing them how to get there. And, and so, yeah, I'm curious. I mean, you know, I'm looking at some of the dialogue that your character has. Um, you know, there's very much she's putting herself, you know, back in that space. And I, you know, as, as an actor, I've always felt like, you know, trying to remember these experiences that aren't in the present, like those are always, for me, some of the most challenging monologues that, you know, you have yes. to, you know, you have to tell somebody right now something that happened to you 20 years ago or something like that, that it's, for me, it's much easier to be like, well, let me tell you about something happening right now in this moment. Yes, yes, yes. This was a long monologue. It was storytelling. And in the episode, the episode is actually on YouTube. Yep. It's mm -hmm. that matrix, the finale. So you can actually watch it. So right. as I'm narrating the story, they're intercutting 
the camera shots of me with shots of the team making their way in Cambodia to the hut. And then also they're intercutting it in another monologue with scenes of my younger self. Right. Uh, making my way, you know, trying to escape the Khmer Rouge. So just so you have a sense of that. Uh, and it's true. Sometimes those monologues are really challenging when it's so much in the past. And yet it, I remember feeling very at ease doing this monologue because there was so much detail in Dr. Heng Yor's autobiography mm. about his home, the type of land that surrounded his home and his escape. Uh, there were so many incredible details that just burned themselves into my memory. And I used a lot of those details as I was working on this monologue. Mm. Um, you know, there were many accounts of him having to hide from the Khmer Rouge, having to stay silent, um, terrified that he was going to be discovered, hearing people scream, hearing people tortured. You know, all those things I remembered as I was doing this monologue. And I think had I not read that book, it would have been much more difficult to audition in a convincing way for this role and to play this character. But I felt like since I read it, it there was so much that was had made such a deep impression on me that subliminally it was there, yeah. you know, as I did it in front of the cameras. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, uh, I actually been to Cambodia and I remember going to Phnom Penh and there, not far from where I was staying, there was, it was a high, I believe it was a high school that had been converted to a prison during the Khmer Rouge. And, oh, wow. and you could tour it. You could go through and, um, you know, they had pictures and, you know, just, it was really, I think basically just room to room. There were just, you know, lots of photographs of what used to be there. And it was so horrific. I mean, it was so unbelievably yeah. horrific that, you know, it, it just, and, and this was, I mean, you know, think of like a densely populated city. Like this was a prison, you know, a high school and then a prison just right in the middle of the city. And this wasn't, you know, anything way out in the, you know, in the countryside. It was like, this was going on like right in the city. And, you know, I mean, there's so many atrocities that have happened in the world, but this is just something that like just to be there and, and to walk through these rooms. And I, I mean, like you're saying, it's, it was so, uh, palpable and so overwhelming. Yes. Have you seen the film, The Killing Fields? I, I haven't. And, and I'm going to sound like a horrible tourist, but. The Killing Fields is something you can go see in Phnom Penh. But I'll tell you, after we went to the high school and the prison, I was just like, I, I can't, I can't take any more of this. Like this was, this was horrible enough. Like I can't imagine yeah. going out there. Yeah. Well, I only mentioned that movie because the man I've been talking about, Dr. Hang Yor, whose autobiography I read, uh, he has a marvelous story. He came to Los Angeles and was working doing social work, you know, for immigrants in L.A.'s Chinatown. He had an office there. And he went to a wedding. And there was a casting director at this wedding who was, at this wedding who was trying to find Cambodian actors to audition for this film, The Killing Fields. Oh, wow. So she took a photo of Dr. Noor. 
and he ended up getting cast in the film. And he ended up winning an Academy Award for his oh, portrayal. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of um, journalist. I think you can see his speech on YouTube. Sure. Oh, of course. It's, yeah. Oh, so. um, yeah. So I mean, because it, it, it is, it's the the dialogue and the scene, like it's it's almost poetic in some way that you know it it's, it's fragments it really of, of sentences written. and things like that. And mm-hmm. I mean. How, it's almost like, uh, asking or, or not asking, but, uh, you, one would assume your theatrical training only helped you kind of make sense of things and, and the structures of phrases and, you know, it's taking your time or, or whatever you wanted to do that, that probably a lot of that was informed by a lot of the theater you had done up to that point. It's, yeah, very much true. It has a lot of imagery. I come mm-hmm. to big clearing, she says. Tall grass, many mine. I see sand scared, my legs shaking. You know, we hear them, Khmerus, Banyan jungle. You know, there's so, um, oh wait, that's the other monologue. I opened up a different monologue, but it's the same thing. Right. As in the monologue I sent you, there's just a lot of sensory memory. And definitely as a theater trained person, I used a lot of my theater training for that. I just, I don't think I've really had an audition since then with such a remarkable monologue. Right, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Hey guys, Nathan here one more time. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe so you don't miss anything ahead. Be sure to visit WorkingActorsJourney.com for additional info and links for items mentioned in today's episode, as well as all the episodes. You can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. All the links are on our site and in the episode notes. Become a premium member and enjoy additional benefits and perks of the show starting at just $2 per month. Head over to WorkingActorsJourney.com slash premium to join the Working Actors community. Thanks again to today's guest and to everyone that makes these episodes possible. And a special thanks to you for listening. I'm Nathan Agan, and enjoy the journey.